A popular hearing treatment might be able to protect some older adults from cognitive decline, according to new research in The Lancet. The use of hearing aids reduced cognitive decline by about half for adults at greater risk of dementia, the study found. This is Pulse Check. I'm Kelly Hooper. The Senate Appropriations Committee will hold a markup on Thursday of what are expected to be the most contentious spending bills, those that control funding for the Departments of Defense, Homeland Security, the Interior, Labor, Health and Human Services, and Education. The panel last week approved its version of the State and Foreign Operations Spending Bill with large increases in funding for international family planning programs and efforts to halt fentanyl trafficking. It departs significantly from the House version, setting up a clash when Congress reconciles the bill later this year to avoid a government shutdown. Members of the Senate Finance Committee have rolled out more measures targeting pharmacy benefit managers. One new bipartisan bill would force PBMs, which manage prescription drugs for health insurers, to disclose information about how they define which medicines are limited access drugs that only certain specialty pharmacies can distribute. Another bill would give CMS oversight power over PBMs and compel more transparency about how they select which medications are covered. The committee will hold its first markup on some of the measures Wednesday. And next-generation healthcare treatments such as gene therapy may hold the key to effectively treat rare genetic diseases and alleviate future chronic diseases. Robert King is here to explain the key takeaways from Politico's Next Generation of Healthcare Therapies event. Thanks for having me. So Politico hosted an event on the next generation of healthcare treatments such as gene therapy, and you were moderating the event. So what was some of the conversation around what the future of gene therapy is? Sure. So cell and gene therapies help to treat certain genetic diseases and rare diseases by modifying or in some cases replacing the cells that are in your body. So the FDA has been working hard to help develop these types of treatments. So far, there have been eight that have been approved by the FDA in the past year and a half. But there are some hurdles that exist in trying to develop these products, especially that they are very costly and it costs a lot to actually manufacture them. So that's one of the kind of hurdles that this promising area could experience. So the technology behind this is really interesting and innovative, but of course, like you just mentioned, will definitely be an issue potentially. So you spoke with the head of biological drug development at the FDA, Dr. Peter Marks. What did he say about efforts the agency is doing to sort of streamline development of these costly therapies? So Dr. Marks told me that the FDA is really trying to look at the manufacturing process for these drugs and these therapies to see if there's any way to cut down on costs. One of the terms he used was brute force manufacturing, which sounds pretty hardcore, I guess. But he told me that we need to kind of retool and potentially develop some more automation in the production of these therapies. He also wants to see if drug companies can take advantage of any redundancy 
consistency in the manufacturing process, including using the same kind of viral gene therapies that have similar backbones to others that are being reused. So those are some of the tools that the agency is doing. Another interesting area that the FDA is looking to develop is to do something similar to Operation Warp Speed, which of course is the landmark program that sped up development of the COVID-19 vaccines. And Dr. Marks was at the forefront of Operation Warp Speed, and he told me that one of the ways that why that program was so successful is just the sheer amount of interaction that the agency and the drug developers had over the development of these vaccines, which of course people thought would take several years, and we got one out in about a year. So he wants to try and use that same approach to these promising cell and gene therapies. The problem is, is that we're talking about scaling up a program that was just designed for the COVID-19 vaccines, but now for a larger class of drugs. And that, of course, brings with it much more staffing that is needed. I'm wondering if there are any efforts to help address this issue in Congress, maybe from patient advocacy groups to regulate costs around gene therapies. So I talked with some staff at the Alliance for Regenerative Medicine and also at the Every Life Foundation, which is a foundation for patients with rare diseases, about what they're hoping Congress will pass this session. And one of the the bills that they were discussing is the Medicaid Value-Based Purchasing Act, which will give Medicaid the power to enter into a value-based agreement to reimburse for these new gene therapies. And a value-based purchasing agreement means that Medicaid Medicaid will pay the drug maker only for drugs that have good outcomes or a good value as opposed to just paying for the drug outright no matter how effective it is. So that's one of the bills that was identified that some of these advocates are hoping will get through Congress this session. Another thing I'm wondering about, with so many recent developments in artificial intelligence, it seems there could be some overlap between AI and developing these gene therapies. So what role did the panelists say AI could play in this? Dr. Marks said that he's pretty excited about AI, and he said it's obviously a different take than other industries, such as the entertainment industry, which is worried, you know, more about the role of AI in entertainment. But he said for drug development, it actually could be a potential game changer in helping to manufacture complex treatments just like cell and gene therapies. So he said that AI could be used to make manufacturing more efficient and analyze just a lot more data faster. He did caution, though, that AI isn't going to be the only thing that will help to push along and spur development of these new therapies. Another important avenue is going to be the selection of the endpoints that can be used for accelerated approval. So I think that he's pretty bullish on how AI can help to spur development of these therapies. Thank you so much, Robert, for recapping the event for us and for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Kelly Hooper. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. 
Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 